0: Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barkers UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we look at the top three topics that investors have focused on so far this year and how we suggest investors should approach them. With Nikki Eggers, Head of Investments, Miles Sherry, Investment Consultant, and Jean Paul Yeagers, Head of Asset Allocation. To find out about starting your investing journey with Barclays, visit barclays.co.uk forward slash investments.
1: Hello, welcome back to Word on the Street. Now, most of us, I think, are looking forward to an extended bank holiday here in in the UK for all, I think, apart from our friends in Scotland. So, So sorry about that, but I'm sure you'll have a turn another time. But we thought we'd keep it fairly short and sweet because like many other areas. I think there's a lot of people that are away on holiday, but we thought we'd just take a bit of a reflection time. When you've got a bit of downtime, it's good to reflect. And we thought we'd look at maybe the sort of three main areas that we've found that investors are really focusing on so far this year and share our latest views on them. So in order to do that, I'm ably, I was going to say assisted, but really it's driven by JP, our head of asset allocation. Hi, JP. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. I'm good. Brilliant. And also Miles, Miles Sherry, who's one of our investment consultants and has the ear of our clients and is very hot on on what's on their minds. Miles, hi, how are you doing?
2: Very well indeed, thank you. Good,
1: good, good. So listen, I know you love playing the role of holding the team's feet to the fire. I do. So so (laughs) let's get going. What's top of your list? Perhaps are you going to go for hardest first?
2: (laughs) Well, it's kind of hard to know where to start. There's been so much going on this year, hasn't there, really? But despite that, it's been, broadly speaking, nice and positive, actually, for clients in our diversified portfolio. So casting that investment net as far and wide as possible, as the team often say, has so far paid off. So in terms of having that balanced approach between different asset classes, geographies and sectors. But given all the airtime it's getting, inflation has really been at the forefront of clients' minds throughout the year, really. While some are questioning what exactly it means for investment returns if inflation ends up being, say, higher than most expect, we've equally actually seen some clients starting to invest that excess cash that's obviously currently earning effectively next to no interest, where, of course, suitable. So, JP, I'm hoping by now our listeners know that we try and prepare for many different future outcomes in our portfolios, not just one. But what is the latest here on inflation? Because judging by the bond markets, it looks like expectations are starting to fade a little.
3: Yes, that's a very good point. And I I would agree with what you said. I think inflation has been the topic that is center stage so far this year. Uh, We've seen that if we look at inflation expectations, so for example, we can look at survey data or inflation expectations as being reflected in uh, bond market pricing. They have risen quite significantly in the first half of this year, where more recently we see, as you correctly point out, that it's tailing off a little bit. When we speak about inflation, then it's as measured by the consumer price index. So that's more or less a broad basket of goods. And then we see how those prices evolve over time. For example, in the US, we see that we started the year below 1.5%. So that means that prices of the basket of goods are accelerating at a pace of 1.5%. It now sits above the 5%. And this is also why we see expectations have have been increasing. We see that it, at a time when inflation is increasing and the acceleration of prices, which so far central banks see as transitory. So due to supply chain bottlenecks, as all the economies are opening up, we could temporarily see some price increases. And so far, indeed, investors are focusing on how temporary this is.
1: And as you said there, JP, I mean, obviously, you know, how we measure inflation, it's a, it's a basket of goods, but there there can be quite a lot of disparate things going on under the bonnet. And and presumably there are some areas that you would pay more attention to. For example, the labour market, that must play quite a major part in the consideration around, look, how transitory are we expecting this inflation uptick to be?
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's why we, for example, would look to the composition of this basket, of this index, to see whether it can give us some clues. So for example, we see now in particular that travel and second-hand cars, uh, prices are accelerating quite strongly, and that is partially because capacity of travel is still restricted, and we also see that people are reassessing their new work-life balances and modes of transportation. So one of the things we, for example, are looking at is how what's the breadth of the price, in price rises across these goods. So do we see it's quite broad-based and all goods are accelerating in prices, or is it just some outliers that we can explain or interpret in, in with certain lenses. And as you correctly point out, the service sector in that sense, I, we think is actually quite uh, quite important as well. So we look at service sector and goods, because if you have price increases starting to feed into the service sector, so for example, wages, wage increases in hospitality, uh, this would actually be more important channel for central banks to see whether it's more sustained inflation instead of a temporary optic in second-hand cars. So far, investors at central banks are closely examining yeah, when the speed of price acceleration is, is peaking. When it peaks, that could give them more comfortable. It's more transitory and less of a, of, of a sustained case. Where recently we see that there's a little bit more comfort across investors as inflation expectations have been trace, retracing ever so slightly, uh, but we're definitely not out of the, out of the woods yet.
2: Interesting one to, to keep an eye on and clearly something that you and my team will continue to watch throughout the rest of the year and, of course, beyond. Yes. But let's move on to the second topic, which probably not surprisingly is market levels, given the very strong start to the year, at least in terms of the share price growth we've generally seen from developed stocks. Because if you look at an index like the S&P 500 in the US, it's now roughly double the level it was on the 23rd of March, which was actually the lowest point for the market last year. And I guess it's maybe actually a good thing that we're asking this question, because clearly markets rising is exactly what investors want. But with new highs comes questions around whether we are due for a little bit of a pause. And many investors have this gambler's fallacy mindset. I'm sure it's something people will have heard Rob Smith talk about on here before. But it's essentially where people believe that because an event has not occurred for a while, they become increasingly sure it will and vice versa. Now I'll hold my hands up and say I fall into this trap as an Arsenal supporter every year, given we've had a tough few um, few years and, and seasons, and at the start of every season, I think this is the year we'll actually push on, but I'm still waiting for them to, to bounce back. But look, Hope
1: is an important attribute.
2: <laughs> exactly, Keep hold of it. Exactly. But the point is, is that just because a dip has not happened for a while, that does not in itself mean that one is going to happen, does it?
3: Yes. And that's a very good point. And as you said, it has been very well documented that people think, well, averages will average out in a short period of, of time or if something hasn't occurred for a while, it, it will or should occur. And that's exactly why in terms of investing, we, yeah, we take quite a disciplined approach. And, and, and you mentioned valuations or market rising over a certain period of time. Well, evaluation and investing, if, if it would be that simple for us to make investment decisions, it's, it's simply not the case. Yes, on a range of different measures, we look at equity valuations and the receipts are qu- they're quite elevated at the moment. But at the same time, we also see historical extremes in low interest rates in a world where, first, there are very few safe havens left. And second, numerous assets with low or even negative expected returns. So that's where we are. And in that sense, we, yeah, I would probably say we give less weight at the moment to, to valuations as a tool of making investment decisions because it's, it more explains the world where we are today. How do we make those decisions or how does that impact if we see markets rise on portfolios? Well, here we separate our longer-term investment process. So that's the so-called strategic asset allocations. And here we indeed have seen that we have been lowering our long-term expected return over time, um, so say for the next 10 years for equities. But it's important to point out that's the same for other asset classes as well, because as an investor, you need to choose of where to invest in, but a, a, a large part of the choice is on a relative basis. Uh, on the shorter time horizon, and here we made just small tilts in the portfolio, so that's what we would call this tactical asset allocation. Here we have been owning more equities in the first half of the year in client portfolios, but recently we've trimmed that back to our strategic weights because we think that expectations on economic growth had sufficiently adjusted. And that's one of the things we monitor quite closely. Just to
1: sort of reflect on what you've said there, of course, it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't think that there is future growth, that we're not you know, in any way upbeat about the future. It's just that we've trimmed our developed stock exposure back in line with our long term view. And, you know, as as you mentioned there, with our strategic asset allocation, part of that process is considering what we think the future returns might look like. And that's just been somewhat leveled out, not as high as it was. And and that therefore has an impact on our overall investment allocation. Is that fair to say?
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right.
1: Perfect. And JP, what else do you keep your eye on at the moment?
3: Um, so for now, we're closely monitoring economic activity. Uh, we know that the Delta variant is causing some governments to, to intervene again in some parts of the world. And especially with general expectations across investors unfolding uh, through this process. Investor sentiment. So that's a term that just explains where we sit on a spectrum between euphoria and panic. Is something we keep a close eye on at the moment because we expect in the end game of this pandemic where financial markets may be choppy as new developments unfold as all investors at the moment are now acting more or less on the same information
2: jp is that still in normal territory the investor sentiment indicator
3: at the moment we see it's not in, in either extremes and there's also a little bit how how, how we, we, we see the markets at the moment but we don't pick up a very strong euphoria or a yeah very pessimistic mood across investors at the moment
2: and just on that investor sentiment point, JP, where does it sit at the moment? It can clearly change a lot week, week by week, but I think I'm right in saying that it is actually in a relatively normal territory at the moment, which may surprise people given the, the market levels we were just discussing.
3: Yes, and then that's, that's an important point to to pick up on, Miles. That's, so it, it, if it were just as easy as looking at the recent past performance and then concluding because markets have been rising, therefore the mood among investors must be very positive, it is not as easy as that. So it's a little bit more nuanced where we see that sentiment can go back and forth over time, mostly over shorter periods of time, but it's not necessarily linked to recent past prices. So at the moment we see markets have risen quite significantly so far this year but at the moment if we put if we look at our thermometer or investor sentiment we actually see it's quite neutral at the moment
2: got it um but some will make the point that perhaps current market levels are not as sustainable if policy support starts to wane from central banks so the fed in the u.s are starting to talk about this in terms of tapering so where they may start to reduce the rate that they buy assets in the market does that muddy the water a little in your eyes or do you not actually follow that too much at all?
3: Um, the, way, the way we probably see it is that, well, peak growth and peak policy support has been something that is on investors' minds for quite a bit now. So it's not new. And in that sense, it's not surprising that once economic growth is back to a level where policy setters deem it sustainable and policy support will gradually be reduced. For example, what we've seen with the furlough scheme or the quantitative easing schemes. But we actually think that the taper talks, as you describe in from the US Fed, is, is, is nice to follow. But we actually think the exact timing is not massively important for financial markets. We actually think financial conditions, so the ease of lending, the credit standards, where interest rates are, is far more important than yeah the exact timing of, of tapering. And financial conditions we still deem as, as being very accommodative at the moment.
1: Okay, and Miles, I think we've probably got time for one more. So so what what else is on the, on the let's say, worry list?
2: <laughs> okay, so the third and final topic I'm going to go with, given what's been going on uh, the past couple of months, and actually throughout the, the year in reality, is China, because we've seen some price swings across much of the Chinese market, as it looks to increase Regulation. So what are your thoughts there, JP? And could this even be perhaps a long run positive? So if it's the case that after a few years of rapid growth, China is taking a bit of a step back and approaching the future with a more sustainable growth mindset rather than an approach of, say, growth at any cost, that maybe could be a good thing.
3: I think, Miles, you, you saved the, the hardest to last. Um, so, 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 well, in, in China, what we see is that Beijing has been shifting governance priorities from growth to balancing growth versus sustainability. So long term, that's a very, yeah, very important trend. Social equality, data security, self-sufficiency. And China's new regulations on fintech, big, uh, big tech, cryptocurrency, and even carbon emissions over the past nine months underpin this, this major regulatory reset. China appears to be attempting to check the rise in corporate power and rebalance yeah, the share of the economy in favor of labor, which could result in a decline in in corporate profit share. While there's still enough scope to provide selective fiscal or monetary support China if they deem it necessary, if economic activity slows down faster than they, they would accept, and also the recent experience with the new COVID cases, yeah, has not helped here. But on your question, is this a long-term positive? Well, I actually think that probably most governments would attempt with policy to to create something that over time it will contribute to the positive. Uh, but here, I think only time will tell. Uh, we see that uh, some big issues are being addressed. Uh, and those issues are actually more global than one might think. Uh, social inequality, corporate power... Is definitely something we also see in the US and Europe as well come up in debates and reviews.
1: Well, fascinating. Thank you, JP. Thank you, Miles, for, for posing the tricky questions. I hope our, our listeners, you found that helpful and informative. I know that, that many of you listen to us while you're walking the dog or walking to the shops, etc. Hopefully that's given you a bit of food for thought. And of course, as always, if you've got any ideas for topics you'd like to hear our experts talk about, please don't hesitate to contact us on on LinkedIn. And with that, we wish you a very happy long weekend and speak to you in September.
0: All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.